How do I look? <laughs> you look great. You look like you just visited Egypt. Wait. You knew I was wearing no, no, graphic no, no. tee. No, 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 stop that right now. Show everybody your shirt. They're not really <laughs> looking at your shirt right now. For the people who are listening, you're not going to tell them what it is? Oh, yeah. It's a girl. <laughs> it's God. a girl with a shotgun. We are rusty. We are rusty. And it is a uh, graphic tee for uh, Alamo Draft House Cinema uh-huh. in Texas. Presumably from one of the- Pulp Fiction. Is, isn't it from Pulp Fiction? Jackie, Jackie Brown. Brown. That was it. I Either like way, it. you're copying me. No, no. I, put I had this on. on first. I've been setting up all this time in this shirt. You know shirt. what? It doesn't even matter because you have hair all over it, so you should really just change it anyway. You just want to be me. I don't. You have penis envy? Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> I like wearing lip gloss. Check the mic and make sure it sounds right, boys. Hey, listeners. Ever wonder what it would be like to blow up your comfort zone at the tender age of 50? Well, we did just that. When our last kid went off to college, we hit the road in search of a new hometown. Now we bounce from city to city and bring you along for the ride. This is the Skip Town All-Stars podcast. Man, have I got a lot to talk about. I am overwhelmed with all of the stories I'm about to drop. You want to set the backdrop? Okay, so my version of how it happened might be a little different than his version of how it happened, but here's my version of how Egypt came about for James. His friend was going on a trip. Bill. Yeah. The goat. Billy goat. Yep. Bill was going on a trip and his travel partner backed out. So uh, he had a vacant spot open. From what I understood, the tours were laid out. The hotels were picked. All James had to do was join in on the fun. And James did not want to do that. Uh, yeah, he's laughing because uh, we, this. Let's we did stop. not travel that way. No, I know. But that's how. Spoiler that's how, alert. That's how Bill presented it. Everything is done. All he has to do is join me. I wasn't invited, which is fine. I wouldn't have gone anyway. It didn't seem like a trip that was really appealing to me. And I know that sounds crazy being a travel podcaster. And mm-hmm. I. I even hated sharing that with our listeners who were DMing me, seeing pictures of James in Egypt and asking why I wasn't there. And it was kind of embarrassing to say it just wasn't appealing. And after he came back from the trip- You you didn't want to go to North Africa in the desert in the middle of summer? That didn't seem appealing to you? Not with you two, no. (laughs) And not, yeah, I would go, but it would be my version of North Africa during oh. the summer. I would, I would still go during the summer. I just wouldn't have done your trip. So all of that to say, it wasn't no for me. Uh, it was a, mostly a no because I wasn't going to go with two guys. We weren't invited anyway. It's so true. It doesn't really matter. It's whether, absolutely true. It doesn't matter if you're going to say yes or no. That is true. You didn't get that option. I did not. You did talk me into going. I've been on hiatus and I felt at the time it was a little difficult to justify spending that kind of money to go. He was so on the fence that he booked his ticket four days before he left. Truth. Most people plan a trip to Egypt six months in advance or a year in advance. He booked his ticket four days in advance. Right there, I was like, oh no, that's not the trip for me. It was with a little trepidation. I had a lot to do and I was actually flying not out of Corpus Christi, but out of Orlando because that's where I could find the best airfare, even with the flight to Orlando. So uh, I left MCO and it was a long ass flight, as you can imagine. How many hours? Uh, I think the first leg was like nine or 10 hours. To and, where? And that got me to Heathrow. And then I actually had two little uh, connectors 
uh, because I booked so late and because I wanted a better rate and because I was traveling by myself. If I were traveling with you, we would have never done that. I know. But for me, I was like, I don't care. I'll sleep in the lounge. And incidentally, when you and I went to Dubai last year, we did a 16 or 17 hour flight straight. Uh -huh. And I did, I had zero desire to do that again. So I was actually looking forward to stretching my legs in between the flights. I didn't want two flights, but that's the best I could do for the price that I wanted to spend. So three flights total to get to Egypt. One, two, three. Yep. Two tips. Number one, definitely buy a battery backup and take that with you. Did you have a battery backup? I did not. Okay. So that's a good I tip. I do now. Okay. <laughs> And so I do now. Listen actually. to your own advice. It's got two ports and it'll fit both your phone and my phone and charge it three times. Okay. So that's great. Uh, and then obviously buy a power adapter. You're going to need that when you get to whatever your hotel is, your destination, because the American plugs are not going to work. These are things that you and I already knew. We have been to Europe before, but I couldn't tell you where our power adapter was from that trip we took back way back when. So I know um, where it is. Oh, okay. Well, thanks for the assist. Uh, okay. So when you landed in Cairo, I was really nervous for you. You were. Uh, because you were getting there at three in the morning. And uh, uh, I, my flight landed at 2 a.m. Yeah. Okay. 2 a.m. By the time you got to your hotel, three. But my biggest concern for you was you're not going to get a cab. You're yep. not going to get a cab. So I was like, at some point I just said, okay, you're an adult male. Like if you're not going to listen to me and get transportation from the hotel, <laughs> you'll figure it out. Like I can't be your mom. Like, but this is insane that you've never been to this country and you're landing at 2 a.m. So what uh, happened when you landed at Cairo, in Cairo? Well, uh, as it turns out, your fears were not realized because Cairo is a city that is bouncing 24 seven. There are plenty of cabs. There were thousands of people in the term terminal when I landed at 2 a.m. He and sent me a video and it looked like New York at noon. Yeah. Honestly, it, I, I, I could not I, I could not believe it was 2 a.m. I was so relieved for you. You 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 just trip and you'll find a cabbie. I mean, yeah. what's the term? You trip over a cabbie? What is that? Oh, you definitely. Yeah. yeah. Throw up a stick. Yeah. You're going to hit a cabbie. Uh -huh. So, for I, sure. so def what I thought was going to be difficult. I just couldn't believe it when you sent me that video. I'm like. This is, yeah. this is noon and in it, New York. It was like 3 a.m. at that point by the time I had gone through. So, uh, so I disembarked, had to go through customs, uh, security checkpoints everywhere. Like, like two or three plan on when you're going to any of these kind of, even in, I think in France, I went through two security checkpoints. In the airport. Yes. And especially I went through one uh, when I landed from Heathrow, and then I went through another one before boarding Air France to go to Egypt. So plan accordingly because yes. you're going to be stopped more than once. Yeah. So it's um, not just typical TSA in America. It's more than that. Well, in the end, I mean, it amounts to about the same time. No, I know. But it's not just one. Like we No, have it's one not just our... one. Yeah. But our TSA is so slow that, you know, two of theirs equals one of ours. Oh, they're quicker. Oh, way quicker. Yeah. Oh, did they yeah. have more lines? Uh, they, they have more people Got and it. they're more efficient. Yeah. They're yelling at you the whole time. I mean, I remember an Austrian lady on the way back, like yelling at everybody, like the worst summer camp counselor ever. <laughs> and Got that like, line moving. Grown women were crying, but this lady was so mean and stern. It was like, everybody moved through quickly. So, uh, which I appreciate, you know, it, it's like at this point, it's like, you know, your computer has to come out of the bag. You know, your shoes have to come out I know. when you see people taking shoes off. Everybody should know the drill all over the world at this point. Don't get on a plane if you plan on keeping your laptop in the backpack. Yeah. You know? mm -hmm. So anyway, um, so I landed, 
got through the security checkpoints. Uh, I actually did take your advice and at a cost probably three times what I would normally pay just for a cabbie to take me to the hotel. Uh, I paid around $50 and there was a guy waiting for me. He had my name on a placard and everything, which was cool. It's always fun to see uh-huh. uh, for 50 bucks. Not a bad deal. That's awesome. Get to see your name. He took me straight through the line to the customs person right up to the guy. And oh, that's there was a stack of visas sitting there. So I had not purchased a visa ahead of time, a traveler's visa, because I planned my trip so late. So uh, for 25 bucks, uh, the guy basically walked up. The custom, customs agent was sitting there, looked at my guy, nodded his head. He took a sticker from the stack, put it on my passport, and the guy stamped it. And was there I, a line of people behind? There you? was a line of people behind me. Oh, yeah, you were getting dirty looks. I was getting dirty looks. There were there were entire did families you, behind me. Did you know that when you purchased his trans this transportation company, they were going to put you to the front of the line to get a visa? Did you know that? I had no way of knowing that. Did no. he know you didn't have a visa? I told him when Ahead I got off. He asked me. He said, "Do you have a visa?" I said, "No." <laughs> so that's incredible. Uh, I just figured I would have to go stand in line. There, uh, there are banks or um, you know, currency exchanges where you can purchase a visa. Uh, I didn't have to stand in any of those lines. He took me right through. And uh, what happened next was a little weird because we got out to the sidewalk. And first off, I saw a family of like 12 people piling. I sent you video of this. Like they must have piled like 16 suitcases on top of this van. And it was held together by like a single bungee cord. (laughs) And I was like, there's no way they're making it back to their village or wherever they're going with all this stuff. And yet the van zoomed away at 100 miles an hour. So um, that's amazing. A couple of things. Number one, Cairo is three times at least the size of Los Angeles. It's it's almost 28 million people. It's bigger I believe, than Mexico City. Yeah, I think Mexico City is 25 million. Yeah, Mm -hmm. so Cairo's pushing 30. It's huge. There is uh, like honking everywhere. The minute the glass doors opened and I exited the airport, it was the loudest frenzy I'd ever heard at 2 a.m. when the Lakers had not won a championship. So uh, it was crazy. People everywhere, cabbies screaming at me, my guy waving them off. And we stood there on the sidewalk waiting. And my driver. Wait, I thought that was your driver that picked you up and took you to customs. Turns out it wasn't. He was the cab captain who had escorted me through. He had a driver coming to pick me up. Five minutes goes by, nothing. 10, 15. Finally, I tapped the guy. I'm like, look, bro, it's late. Like, I'm at this point, I feel totally comfortable because everybody in Cairo is awake. And I'm like, it's not like I'm just going to get driven out and robbed somewhere. And and so, uh, long story short, he finally called a different guy. And about 25 minutes later, the guy came and picked me up. So you were there for 45 minutes. I was easily there 45 minutes after I got out. While there's cabs all around you, everywhere. And oh, so it did. It stunk. But uh, what stunk worse was I get in the cab with this guy and he's like, I'm not supposed to be the one driving you. I do a different hotel, but I'm going to take you because your guy, I don't know what happened to him. And I was like, OK, well, this doesn't sound good for him, but I'm happy that somebody's taking me to my hotel. So uh, he starts driving. And after about five minutes, he stops for gas. No. Yeah. <laughs> No. So I'm like, okay. Oh, wow. And that's a bad That's a bad entrance it, it to was, any vacation. It was I have fine. to be honest with you. It was fine for a minute. Bad beginning to any vacation. Yeah. But then he's like 
chatting, it's not like America where it's self-serve. There are people at the gas pumps and he's chatting with the, the gas station attendant. Oh. And finally I tap him on the shoulder. I'm like, get me to my hotel. And so he did. And I checked into, so, uh, he just thought like, hmm, I'm going to, I'm going to visit with Joe. Yeah. I mean, he had, you know, I think he, he had he, all the time in the he, world. He, he did. And so, yeah, that was a little, uh, that was a little, it's frustrating when you just want to get somewhere and you're in a foreign country and you're like, you know, you're excited and you're like, oh, I cannot believe this is happening. It was anticlimactic. Very. And that's my, happened to everyone. I think oh, at some sure. point, I mean, it happened to us in Paris. Remember totally. two hours to like get a cab, literally two hours. Yeah, so yeah, that was the worst. And so, uh, similar experience. Uh, and I really just, at that point I wanted to check in cause now it's four in the morning uh, and I get to the hotel and my friend Bill had booked, uh, his room at the Fairmont Nile. And I will talk about this at length. I love this hotel. It was an amazing hotel. It was really highly grim, recommend then highly recommend owned by a chic. He has his own party spot up on the top. Like he has his own spot on a floor up above the rest of us commoners, even though our stay was amazing. So you go to check in. I go to check in and they ask, how was your ride? And I said, well, actually it sucked. I proceeded to tell them what happened. And out of nowhere, a gentleman appears on my right side with $50 in American dollars, 50 US cash. You gotta be kidding. And he hands me the money and he says, I'm so sorry about your ride. We're refunding it. That's incredible. It was incredible. I got to say at that point, I was like, I love this hotel. I don't care what happens between here and now. They like, I had, I had no idea that that was in the works behind me. Wow. And so really the gentleman amazing. was checking me in and everything. Um, so let's talk currency real quick. Uh, 31 Egyptian pounds to the a single US dollar. So if you see something for $1,500 in Egyptian pounds, that's about $48, $50. Okay. Okay. So $50 to them is a big deal. Going into the trip, I talked to my neighbors, our old neighbors in Los Angeles who are Egyptian, Miriam and Rodney. They totally set me up for success on this trip, by the way. Thank you both. I love you both so much. Um, uh, Miriam told me in a 45 minute conversation where she and Rodney were sort of breaking down Cairo and going to Luxor. Yeah. They even broke down fishing villages for me and everything. Alexandria, a couple places where we just didn't have time to go. Uh, but the bottom line was she said, US dollars are king there. So I did not really feel when I showed up there that I had to convert my money with that inside information. Okay. You know, so I had US dollars on me. I had tons of singles. I had tons of fives. And as I would figure out through the entire week that we were in Cairo, uh, those singles and fivers went a long way in terms of service. How much so. money did you bring with you in singles and fives? Just to let listeners get an idea, like how much should someone bring if, if the American dollar is king, $300 in singles and fives, $500. Like I know it's different for everyone, the amount of money they spend. What do you feel is like adequate? I mean- I, I brought $500, uh, 200 of it was in larger bills, 100 of it was in 20s, and honestly, the rest were in fives and ones, to the point where I couldn't hold all that in my wallet. Oh no, yeah, that's So I had to tuck some of it away, going back to our episode with Nora. How you hit it. <laughs> Nora, the, Nora the professional hobo. Yeah. Yeah, so I had to hide money in my luggage. Okay. And, um, or in my, in my backpack. So, uh, so that said, my money was split, 
And but you went through the ones and fives really eventually, fast. Okay, eventually, it. not really fast, but it took me like four or five days. Okay. But I had plenty of tips for everyone. I got a cab ride everywhere, anywhere, anywhere and everywhere you would want to go. So would you say that it's equal to going to Mexico? I mean, not tourist place like Cabo is expensive. Uh, but, you know, when you go outside of the, the like Mexico City was really reasonable for us to eat, lodge, drink. Would you say it's comparable to that? Uh, I definitely would. In fact, it's probably even less expensive. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So you you really can have a wonderful vacation in Egypt uh, yeah. and it won't break the wallet. No, for sure. And, okay. you know, it's a chance for me to stand on my soapbox for a second and say, look, like when you're traveling to these countries that are less fortunate than us in the United States, it's really important that you don't announce to everybody around you how cheap, how cheap is. everything is, because it is kind of insulting to the people there who are struggling to survive. You know what I oh, mean? Oh, yeah, for sure. So anyway, take that for what you will. I, you know, there were moments where in the trip where Bill and I just exchanged glances, like when somebody told us the price of something. So uh, and and we were, you know. In our heads, we were like, oh, my gosh, that's like hardly any money at all. But, you know, you have to you have to keep a lid on those sort of emotions. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's kind of like rubbing in our lifestyle and how privileged we are here. Um, but anyway, and so you don't realize how privileged you are here until you go to another country. And I'm not talking like South of France. I'm talking yeah. like, you know, it could be a Thailand. It could be yeah. Egypt. It can be Mexico yeah. City. For sure. Not a, you know, typical popular destination place like Venice. Yeah. So, um, I went to bed around 5 AM. <laughs> I Your woke sleep up and, pattern had to be it was nuts. such a mess. It was a mess. And the only thing I could say is because you and I have been traveling so long and with weird sleep patterns or what have you, uh, what I was doing at that point was sort of like us on steroids, <laughs> but, um, not something that was totally unfamiliar to me. Got it. Um, so, uh, I got four and a half hours of sleep. I woke up. I didn't see any texts from my friend Bill, who had actually gotten there the, the night before. He'd gotten there at least six hours, seven hours before I did. Okay. I had texted him when I arrived, everything, nothing. And then I went down. I said, okay, well, I'm going to get breakfast because I knew the breakfast buffet I, I hesitate. To, the, I, this restaurant was incredible. It was not like Shoney's or Perkins. It was not a breakfast. It was like the the craziest breakfast buffet ever. Um, yeah, they had omelet guys and they had, you know, sort of some of your American offerings, but the food and the setup was so elaborate. I mean, it was like top shelf. Okay. So how much was it a night at this place? Uh, it was a hundred, I think it averaged 150. I paid for a Nile River View, which I woke up to in the morning, by oh, the way. Amazing. It was amazing. I could see the other side of uh, Cairo across the river. Uh, I think I ended up paying like $165 a night or something like that. Okay. So to compare it with an American hotel, it's on par with what? If you were in an American hotel, how much would you have paid a night? Uh, I would have paid the same amount of money. I would have probably paid more at a residence inn. Okay, so it's on par with what? A Four Seasons, a Ritz-Carlton? Oh, uh, That's what I'm asking. Like, what would you say? A Hilton? Like a, 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 maybe a, a Soffit or an Omni or one of those. Okay, got it. You know, it, Sofitel? It, it definitely it? had yeah. more of a modern feel. Um, Sofitel, what did I say? Soffit. Oh, yeah, Soffit. That's that's something you add to your roof. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> And so, Sofitel. I, I knew what you meant. Is it Sofitel or Sofitel? I don't know. I think it's Sofitel, but it could be wrong. It could I be think Sofitel. Right. Yeah. So anyway, so it's not quite a Four Seasons. 
but no. it's like it's it's up there. It's yeah. like okay, got yeah. it. It's not as regal or as ornate as like a Four Seasons. Got it. Got but, it. Uh, but it definitely had modern embellishments. But high end for sure. Definitely. Okay. Uh, I had a bathtub with a window view of the Nile. Oh, <laughs> did you use crazy. a bathtub? <laughs> no. Okay. Because I don't know. I just didn't. Um, You're busy. I was busy. The shower was incredible. Uh, inside the room, there was a, a rug with sandals. If you were so inclined to do your morning or afternoon prayers, oh, if you're of a certain uh, yeah. religious persuasion. Yeah. And so um, gold everywhere, mirrors everywhere, uh, but sort of linear, not like kingly. You Got know it. what I mean? That you would you would find in some other hotels. Okay, so the buffet was incredible. The buffet was incredible. And sure enough, there's my friend Billy Goat sitting there. And he's like, I've been texting you all morning. And I sat down with him. The texts weren't going through? AT&T had not caught up with me in Egypt at this point, okay. I guess. Um, you know you have to turn your phone off and turn it back on to connect to the local tower. Did you know that? I, didn't, I mean, I had coverage when I landed. So it just, it seemed like it automatically, and it, it said the network name or whatever. Okay. Um, so I don't know. I I hadn't considered it. I wasn't on the hotel Wi-Fi at that point. That's fine. So as we were sitting there having breakfast, all of a sudden, all of his texts started pouring through. But uh, we were in great shape. We were happy to be there. And we got off to see the um, Egyptian Museum. Uh, Isn't everything in that city a museum? Why do you need to go to a building? Uh, it's actually in Cairo. It's not. Cairo is very city. It's very It's very dirty. It's dirty. It's a dirty city. I'm just going to say that at the outset. And one of the things that we would come to realize in our days there is it's kind of... Um, is it like the Indiana Jones movies? No. I mean, it has like, you know, people are wearing jeans and stuff. So uh -huh. uh, it, it's not like that at all. But it there's just, there's rubbish everywhere. Oh, so um, it's not a clean... They don't pick up after themselves. No. It, a lot of pollution... A lot of smog. And as when we got into the cab to go to the museum, we would quickly find out that, you know, it was first off, it's insanity on the streets. It doesn't matter if there are lines painted or not. Everybody's driving however they want to drive everywhere, honking the entire time. It was really loud. Uh, there were there were pedestrians running in between Frogger style in between oh traffic, like old ladies and stuff and guys not slowing down for them. It was insane what if they like slipped things could happen you know wow that's so insane yeah. i guess it's just a way of life and they're used to it it's insanity and i would say out of the seven days there we saw only one accident and i it was just so shocking to me that not like there were plenty of cars that had dents and dings on them don't get me wrong every uber we took was an old car beat to hell no air conditioning so oh. you had to ride with the windows oh. down okay okay well. and it's hot i mean it's you know so yeah. they have these old cars these old I mean, you have to remember you're not in a city that is very wealthy no. so you're going to experience this yeah. to have an air-conditioned car is a luxury there yeah and oh by the way when you're rolling up on a bus in the other lane you might want to roll those windows up because people spit out of those windows oh <laughs> yeah <laughs> i saw wow. a lady spit half of her bodily fluid Stop it. out of the window as Bill and I were like rolling up to a stoplight. Ah! And I said to Bill, you got to roll your window up like right now, dude. Because we get were hit both with... on the passenger side of this thing. Yeah. It was You're going to get hit with a loogie. 
Yeah. And then one of the other uh, random things that I noticed while we were there, uh, I don't know why it is, but- It's not very ladylike to spit. It's not very ladylike to spit, but she wasn't the only one. I mean, there are plenty of guys. Cigarette butts. You want a cigarette butt in your cab? The cab he didn't even tell you? He didn't. Like, he just, business as usual, man. Okay. An Uber drive from our hotel, about 20, 25 minutes in traffic to the Egyptian Museum, $1.48. Wow. That's incredible. How many miles do you think that was? I know you're in a city and you're in traffic, but if you had to guess, was it five miles? At least. I mean, maybe five to eight miles, something like that, somewhere in that range. That's crazy. $1.48. And at Los Angeles, you know, that would have been $30. Yeah. So, um, so Cairo's really busy. So they have to have a museum there because some people don't make it out of the city limits to see what the sites, is that what it is? What's the main, I mean, Cairo is the biggest city in Egypt. So when a lot of foreign travelers come, they're coming into Cairo. So yeah, you have to have uh, about about 30 miles away, 30 minutes away, 40 minutes, depending on traffic, uh, are the pyramids of Giza. So they're right outside the city. but in addition to that, they had the it's 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 Egypt's capital. So, so you have it, to have a it's, it's I get it. I it's just like having like, the Smith. It's their version of the Smithsonian. Got it. Because I know? think to myself, you're in Egypt. Why do you need to go to a museum? Just walk outside. Yeah. You'll see a pyramid. Well, okay. So we went, and it wasn't really. There weren't a ton of hieroglyphics or anything there. Tons of statues in Cairo. In at the at the Egyptian Museum. Okay. Tons of relics. Things that were found in tombs or temples or villages or you name it, um, shipping industry, you know, back when they had the canal boats and everything, uh, you know, tons of sort of their their river maritime artifacts, King Tut's coffins. There were three. Oh, why three? One and three. They were like those Russian dolls where you keep pulling the heads off and there's another doll but inside. But who's in the little one? He was. Who was in the big one? No, I'm saying there are three layers. Like it's like the Russian dolls where you pull one out and there's another. So he was encased three times. Oh, wow, that's crazy. Into okay. one coffin. And so we weren't allowed to take pictures of that. I wish I could share them. But in that particular King Tut exhibit, you're not allowed to, to take photos. His coffin was there, but where's his body? Uh, so that's in Luxor. And we'll okay. get to that. So we did the Egyptian Museum. The only Would it, you recommend it? I absolutely would recommend it. It's it's uh that was like indiana jones it was a museum out of like the 1920s the way it was designed the way it's set up it was really really rustic inside there so just the museum itself was like looking at the ceiling and like it's old there are broken like panes in the glass they were like like it's an it's an old ass museum (laughs) there's just no other way and and the the like like so you can see uh, sort of the masks that were put on a few of the pharaohs and all that, but the glass is smeared. You know, it, it's Are you like, serious. It's like it, it. It's like you walked into somebody's house and they had all this stuff laying around. It's okay. crazy. And they, didn't, and they didn't clean it. And they didn't clean it. And it was just dusty. It's like it's like an old guy lived there and died twenty years ago, and somebody just found this place. Uh, going back to what we were saying about it being a dirty city, there was a lot of cognitive dissonance for Bill and I because at the hotel. Our cab drivers, our tour guides all said, Cairo's a really safe city. So when you see that level of poverty versus, you know, security and safety, you instantly think there's a lot of crime in that area. Yeah, because in our experience, poverty equals crime. Right. I mean, really, in the States it does. Not there. Um, 
I don't know, we haven't been to enough countries to experience what it's like anywhere else. Does poverty equal crime in other places? True. But in the United States, it certainly does. So that had to be really like surprising for both of them. It was weird. It was like, I should feel unsafe in this area, but I've been here for 48 hours and there's, I've seen nothing, no evidence on the streets of something being unsafe. Is it because it's predominantly Muslim? I think so. Yeah. Okay, it's 70, 30, incidentally. It's uh 30% uh, Coptic or Catholics. Um, and 70% uh, Islamic. So is the rule the same as it was when we went to Dubai where women are covered? You can leave your laptop on a table and no one will steal it. Is it th that kind of? There is some of that um, for the Arabic countries who exhibit those practices, but it's not like Dubai where it's expected. Okay. Um, saw plenty of women in shorts, oh, tank tops. Did. Yeah, all that. So oh. very, I mean, I just think with 30 million people, how, how are you going to police that really? You know, so yeah. and you want like they're <laughs> so remember they're destitute. So if you want to show up there and throw your money around wearing a pair of shorts, they're going to they're going to be happy to see you. Got it. So uh, after the museum, we um, met Bill had met a couple of friends, Mary and Gary. Turns out they're from Fort Myers, Florida. He met them where on the plane? <laughs> he met them on the plane. Okay. Like uh, he had taken a little connector to uh, Sharm El Sheikh, which is another regional airport there. Um and so he met them. We went over to their hotel and met them in the lobby, uh, you know, had a drink or whatever. They were staying at the Hilton. It didn't look as nice as our uh -huh. uh, hotel. I guess it was not owned by Sheiks. I'm not sure. And <laughs> no, so, Hilton is not. No. But um, but afterward, we all made a plan to head out. We were going to go see the light show at the pyramids. So what is a light show? Because when you say that to me, I just think like a Pink Floyd concert. It sounded like that to me as well. We took an Uber to the pyramids. Okay. 25, 30 minutes, uh, $3 and 40 cents. Nice. Yeah. And I could get used to that. I tipped the guy five bucks on the way there though. You could see like people will literally be walking out of their apartment buildings or whatever. And there'll be a median in the middle of the street. They're just standing there. No, they would dump their garbage. And then walk back. What? Into the, they would have those like Home Depot style buckets and they would just dump the garbage the street. in the median. Yeah. Wait, why? Did the garbage man pick it up there? I don't think so. I don't know. It was just. But then it piles up. It does. Does it yeah. get. It was, it was. I, I, I can't. I can't. Wow, that's so crazy. I cannot adequately describe how polluted the city is. Um, and that was everywhere have, we went. They must not. I don't know. Sanitation for 30 million people. You would think they'd have it designed better there's a cultural issue there where i just think it's not that big a deal for them okay i yeah that's, that's my only uh, to dump away. trash in the median yeah that's you're right you're absolutely it's something that we can't wrap our head around but yes yeah. okay so go ahead so you're seeing people dump trash in the median while you're headed to the light the yeah pink, the pink floyd light yeah, show to, to, to one of the world wonders okay uh, that's insane it was insane so uh, we got out of our cab when we got there i tipped the guy five bucks and he looked at me and he said i'll wait for you and so oh, wow. we were like, okay, so he was going to wait in the parking lot. Obviously he had made enough money for the day and he doesn't want to drive around looking for some other fare. So do you was, tip him again? We did actually. That's so amazing. Um, we, uh, our friends went, had gone in and something happened. The guy told them like, there's no light show or the light show sold out or something like that. Didn't matter because Across the street from where the pyramid complex is, I'm going to use the word complex, but where the, their sort of national archive or their national park, where you can see the three pyramids of Giza, 
um, there are plenty of rooftop restaurants. Oh. Where And so we went into, I think it was like the old Cairo Hotel or something like that. That was um, so smart. Whose idea was that? We, we didn't really have an option and we were all there. So, so you just like, looked up and you saw everyone on the rooftop. Yeah. You're like, oh, we're doing that. Totally. That's brilliant. Oh yeah. my gosh. That's like a nice little hack. Yeah. So we went up there. Um, one of the things that we'll get into when we talk about Luxor is their agriculture, but uh, fresh guava, papaya, name a juice, orange juice, smoothie, Raspberry. you name it. Anything. Strawberry. Any flavor you want. Banana. Any flavor you want. Like a smoothie for like a dollar twenty, the best damn smoothie you've ever had. Oh, in your so life. it is similar to Dubai then, where because it's predominantly Muslim, they don't drink alcohol. So they have to make the fruit juices phenomenal, like yeah. super fresh. And they come up with the best concoctions, like a mint, you know, raspberry yeah. orange concoction, or it could be a like a spritzer. Like they do spritzers there. They do. Um, I think they're a little harder to find. Dubai is way more creative with the ingredients. Okay. Uh, this is predominantly juice. And when I say juice, it's actually got a level of puree to it. Ooh, like yum. you can taste the fruit yeah. inside there. So I would have been in heaven. Yeah, you would have. I'm it was great. I mean, person. I think Bill had like 30 smoothies the yeah. entire time we were they're there. They're so good. Um, You're not a smoothie person. So for you, were like I'm hey. not. I, I had one here and there. They were delicious. I'm not a guava person really either, but it was really good. So, <laughs> uh, so we sat on the roof and then sure enough, we could hear across the park, there was a light show going on. We could hear... The sort of corny, like I am Khufu and I do this and I am the king of whatever. And then all of a sudden the lights would go up and all that. And long story short, we saw the entire light show. I got some amazing <laughs> photos from where we were sitting perched on this rooftop That's restaurant. That's amazing. Yeah. So that ended up being one of the best things possible that uh, it, that went wrong, but totally right. Oh, yeah. You know? That's great. So, uh, so we did that. And then the next day, uh, Bill and I actually had the opportunity to go to the pyramids. Uh, I, uh, our tour guide Manar is such, such a great tour guide. We had, we were blessed. We were really fortunate with tour guides the entire trip through Egypt. So we get to the pyramids and Manar is showing us around There are dogs everywhere. Dogs. Strays? Um, strays, yeah. Huh, okay. She brought a big bag of bread from the bakery. Aww. And she's just feeding these like herds Aww, of dogs. That's so sweet. It really was. She was a real I'd sweetheart. Be the same way. Nicest oh lady. Um, and so she took us to the smaller pyramid. And then we got to like the Great Pyramid of Giza, which is the actual tomb of Khufu. I mentioned him earlier. He's one of the most ancient pharaohs. Okay. Um, the reason that they started building temples in Luxor and tombs in Luxor is because the pharaohs uh, had realized that robbers would come in Cairo and steal all of the, uh, they would basically loot the tomb of Khufu. So uh, one of the reasons that they decided to build their their temples further south. Okay, um, make it more difficult. Yeah. It's a seven hour drive. Yeah, but let's just cut to the chase. You have the opportunity when you get to the temple of Khufu to actually go down into his tomb. It's a mine shaft. I, I, it was a thousand degrees out that day. And Bill and I were like, we're here. We got to do this. And I'm 6'3", he's at least six feet tall, 6'1", probably. Yeah. And uh, we quickly realized- I like, think he's your height. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah he's probably my height. Yeah, uh, you guys are pr pretty much the same build, too. So it's like- Yeah, 
we're not small boys. We both played football back when we were kids and all that. So uh, we start going down this thing and I swear, I thought my knee was going to pop. It was like at an angle. Uh, they had like sort of metal rails where you can catch your feet. But I was like, I'm totally going to like slide down this thing. Uh, okay. So was it one way up and the same way up was the same way down? Yes. And so as we're descending, there were people who had already been in there no. coming back no. up the How? other way. How is that even possible? It was like playing Twister in a mine shaft and it got dark and sweaty and hot really fast. Oh. And it was, you know, I'm, uh, Ooh, you are afraid of heights. No. I'm a, I'm claustrophobic. How did you do it? Not freak out. It How was did crazy. You do it? Like, I what mean, did, where did you put your mind? The only thing that kept me going was I could see occasionally like light down at certain parts and I could see people coming back through and I'm like, well, they survived. So I'm going to survive. It was, if it was just me going into darkness by myself, I, I could have never done it. Okay. How many feet down was it? Do you know? Oh gosh, I don't. Um, how many stories? 83, four stories, something like that. Um, oh God, no. There's no so way. You, so Just you, thinking about that makes yeah. me sick. So you go down this one incline and then you get to a, a sort of a sanctum or, a, you know, a room uh, where you can stand up. I wasn't able to stand. Oh, so uh, we had to actually go down backwards at one well, point. Well, yeah, it's a ladder. It's a ladder. Kind of. It is. It was more or less a ladder. You're right. But there were people on the other side screaming, go down backwards, go down backwards. You'll go faster. And so we did. And, but it was so weird. You're climbing down this thing backward. You have, I, I, it's just a ladder. How hard is it to go down a ladder in the dark? Well, cause the ceiling is like right on top of my oh, yeah, head. No, I would have vomited. And okay, just, the only no, thing that kept me, <laughs> the only thing that kept me sane was oh knowing gosh. that I wasn't going to fall backward because I would hit the wall, get a concussion on the roof. Yeah. You weren't, you would drop straight down. If you were going to do anything, you wouldn't fall back because the roof is right there. Exactly. That's insane. It was insane. So we got down. We got to this sanctum. I feel I'm there. If you and I went, oh, you wouldn't have done it. I would have stayed up at top. You know that, you right? Have, you would have been like, "I'll eat the ticket. I don't care." You would have yeah. gone twenty feet, and you would have said, "Screw that," and you would have gone back up. Oh no, there's no yeah. way. Yeah. Okay. So I'm so glad you went with him. Yeah, Bill and I. <laughs> Bill and I were in it to win it, though. At that point, were you afraid of not getting out? It's it's a fear. Like know, there's no air in there. Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's natural to feel yeah. that way, oh even though God. you see people coming out and you know this is a tourist thing and all yeah. that stuff. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I was like, there was there was trepidation for sure. I can't deny it. Was it worth it when you got there? Like, what did you see? And and when I saw the picture of you finally getting in the tomb, my thought was because I know it was so hot. It's summer. Oh, it's gonna be like. 10 degrees down there. Cause you're, yeah. I know you went down in the ground. I just didn't know how far. Yeah. It wasn't that. It wasn't that at all. Why? It was really, it was, as we would find, it was the, one of the more primitive tombs. It really is the last of the ancient world wonders that's still intact. The lighthouse in Alexandria gone, the hanging gardens of Babylon gone, all that. Like this pyramid is older than anything in the rest of Egypt. So, when you got in there, it was just, uh, we, we got down to the one sanctum. Yeah, but it wasn't even, okay, so it being primitive, fine. It wasn't what the ornate, what you would imagine. But but I'm talking about temperature-wise. It was still hot. Oh, yeah, it was still warm Isn't down that crazy? There. Yeah, it was. It I, doesn't I was, make any sense. I mean, I just think there was a geothermal aspect to it. You oh. would think that since it was so shrouded from the sun that it would be cool, but it wasn't. So, uh you know, we got in there and there was, to answer your question, there was Khufu's sarcophagus, which is basically the wood box that his coffin goes in. Okay. And 
not much else. There were some uh, hieroglyphics on the wall, not a ton. Uh, we saw definitely better ones in Luxor. So, Would you recommend it? I would definitely recommend it. Absolutely. I would just say don't go in summer. Okay, so aliens... Talk about that because everyone says the pyramids are made by aliens. So what I'm sure these tour guides must get so tired of stupid Americans asking this question. They do. I think stupid people from all around the world oh, ask the question. Okay, not just yeah. us. Yeah. Uh, okay, so what do you think? Absolutely. No question. There's no way... There's no way a bunch of desert dwellers got together and put these stones like the the stones come from like 70 miles away or something like that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Like the stone quarry is in Aswan. You would just die making that trip for one for yeah, one load like, for like, one load. Yeah. Like would be like four stones. No how'd, way. How did they even do that? Yeah, totally. Once you see the pyramids, then what, what did you do? Like you're like, OK, I did this. Now what? Yeah. Um, there was a lot of nightlife in our hotel. Oh, I'm sure it's a city. <laughs> tons and tons. Oh my gosh. Uh, oh, oh, did you ever see a sheik? Uh, we did see one. I, although I don't think he was like a high ranking guy. Our friends, Gary and Mary did actually, uh, have a little adventure of their own one night. Oh, what happened? Uh, so they were out having drinks. They did the, uh, Nile. Um, there's, there, there are basically, I'm going to call them rum runners, but <laughs> oh my gosh. you can go on a Nile riverboat cruise Got and it. have dinner and they have belly dancers and all that stuff. Oh, fine. Bill and I were like, meh. I don't want to be trapped with a bunch of people on a boat. Mind you, at the Fairmont Nile where we were staying, there are three five-star restaurants and one four-star restaurant. So we were not hurting for great cuisine or, you know, our hotel in the You end, don't want to be on the Nile? Uh, I did. I just, like, everything looked dirty and I was like, I was not feeling it. And he was like, yeah, I'm, I don't know, a belly dancing riverboat cruise. I'm not really feeling that. So, I would have totally done that. So- that would have been me. You probably would have. It was oh, it was sure. kind of like the Moulin Rouge oh, yeah, of, of the Nile. We did. Yeah, yeah I like the Moulin Rouge. Yeah. Okay, so, so Mary and Gary meet a Saudi. Tell they, me how this goes do. down. So they, well, they didn't realize it at first, I don't think. Uh, but they met a couple who was party, party, party. They're partying with these people. They have a couple drinks. They're having fun. The guy's like, hey, let's go to this other place I know. A little after party. Mind you, Mary and Gary are slightly older than we are. Uh -huh. So they really get after it. I got to give them a lot of credit. <laughs> they're awesome. Like they really, they're not afraid of an adventure. Oh, good for them. Yeah, I love props. people like and that. So, so they got um, in the stranger's car. Yeah, they got in a stranger's car. And, uh, in North I, Africa and did not even think twice. Did not even think twice. Uh -huh. uh, I'm not sure what it, it was like some high-end sports car. I forget the story. But anyway, they're whipping through traffic, right? Okay. Uh, at the stoplights, the wife would get out and dance and i guess like her oh her boobs were hanging out and uh -huh. all this stuff you know and uh mary had to like tuck her shirt tuck them in at some certain points for her <laughs> in the evening or whatever <laughs> at some point in the evening it's revealed to them that they're saudis oh my god like so they had more money than god they had more money than god and uh whatever their conservative confines were in saudi arabia they came to egypt it was basically their vegas Nice. They would just rip it up. And so they were out all night. They had a good time. And uh, I, I thought that, how, was, that was such a fascinating story. I wonder how the wife back in Saudi Arabia behaves. She definitely dresses more conservative there. She showed Mary a picture of her in her burqa. So, oh, you got to be kidding. No. So yeah. so boobies were hanging out in Egypt, but everything is tucked in in, uh, in Saudi Arabia. Got to get it. That's so crazy. I didn't even know that women were allowed to let loose. 
I think when you have all the money in the world. I didn't think that they were allowed to do that, they're, honestly. They're not supposed to. I'm sure it would be frowned upon in cert with certain members of the family, I guess. I don't know their names, so they're, nobody's implicated in this right, story. Right. I wonder which wife she was. You think she was a fun wife? Oh, definitely. And the other wife was at home taking care of the kids? Probably, yeah. The you know, other, he's got like four or five. The other wives, yeah. yeah. She, she was the she booby was wife. She was the sixth wife. She was the booby wife. She was. She <laughs> he's was, like, let's get the boobs out. She was I'm the new addition. I'm taking her to I'm taking her to Egypt. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So, so really quick before we go into Luxor, yeah. I know I've heard that the cuisine there is pigeon. Is that uh, true? Okay. So while we were at the Fairmont, we made friends with a couple people there. One of them is Ayman, the restaurant manager for one of those five-star restaurants. You made friends with the restaurant manager at the Fairmont? I got to meet his wife. She she's from Texas, by the way. He oh, met her crazy. in Texas. I know it's the craziest story. Um, they met while they were both attending community college, and ultimately he decided, I think, that he was going to move back to Cairo, and they were in love, and she just agreed to go with him. So is she Egyptian living she in Texas is now? No, she's, she's a, Texan. a Texan living in Egypt. Oh, you got that backwards. <laughs> That's crazy. And they have a five-year-old boy. He had just graduated kindergarten and uh, we had been hanging out with him. Like he would come and sit with us at night Aww. when it was just Bill and I at the restaurant. And so it was like three buddies. It was like he he joined our little troop like immediately. We we're instant friends. And we got to meet his wife on the last day we were in Cairo. And he, uh, you know, she said, it's so weird because coming here as a Texan, it was culture shock for the first year. And then the first time I went back to Texas, that's when the real culture shock set in because wow. it's so safe here. There's no drug use or homelessness on the streets. Sure, there's trash and pollution and all that other stuff, but they actually live outside of that in a suburb. So they live in a nicer area. She said, I went home and there were murders everywhere in Texas. And that's when I realized this is the real culture shock for the rest of the world. Wow. That yeah. is true. That is so true. She's super happy there. Aww. Loves their life, everything. Their little boy is adorable. Uh, he was a really great guy. But anyway, going back to the pigeon story. Yeah, so uh, I had been hearing from uh, our friends in LA and random people in Cairo you have to try pigeon. You have to try pigeon. You have to try. It's so disgusting. The thought of <laughs> eating pigeon, it still disgusts me. It's still, and I say that because you know where this is leading. Yeah, you um, ate it. I, I know where this is going. I'm in the one I'm night like, we were uh -huh. out having a dinner. You're talking dinner. too much about how you're not going to like it. Uh-huh. You, you ate it. That's okay. I, I can't wait to hear that. I need to clarify. So these are farm-raised pigeons of a different species than the ones you find. In New York Central Park? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or, in, or in Los Angeles Union Square or wherever. So- what makes it different? Uh, it's a different species okay. of pigeon, I guess. They're bred for eating. As Iman said, he's like, no, like this is a delicacy in France. Okay. And I was like, I don't know, I don't France, know. And he's so. like, I'll bring you some. I'll bring you some. So he brought me some, and I paid seven dollars to eat a pigeon. <laughs> and, and how was it? Uh, I won't say it tasted like chicken because it didn't. It was more like duck. Okay, and so it's a little greasy because duck is greasy. Slightly, but it Oily. was just so, it, I didn't understand the trouble of it, truthfully, uh, because it was so bony. I was just going to say, was there any meat on it? There was a little bit, but not a lot. It wasn't a ton. It was like a ton of work. It was like eating, um, it was like eating like blue crab or something. Oh, you know, it was like yes. a ton of work for the amount of meat yes. you're getting. Do you eat it with I, your hands or with a fork? Bill took one taste. Uh, you can eat it with, you should eat it with your hands. I think I saw pigeons all over Cairo after we left and I was just like, <laughs> 
trying to not throw up in my mouth. I couldn't believe it. It was like one of those things where you're like, oh, this is a good idea when you're drunk. I wasn't even drunk. I was like bone sober. And, but, it, but you know how you're like, oh, this is a good idea. Then you wake up the next day and you're like, that was a terrible idea. Why did I think of that? It's fine. That's how I feel about the pigeon. All right. Uh, but anyway, there were people that were very instrumental in a fantastic stay at the Fairmont. I have to uh, say Iman, Kristen, the concierge. And Edom, you guys really like took care of Bill and I the whole time there. We we cannot thank you enough. You really, really showed us great service. Thank you. Oh my gosh, the most important thing about leaving the hotel. I was there four days, ate two meals a day in this place because the restaurants were so great. So sorry to interrupt you, but in the States, it's I just so fascinated about what you're saying because no one ever eats at their hotel in the States. You just don't do it. One, it's overpriced and it's normally really bland. Like you yeah. don't do it. You venture out. So yeah. you're telling me in Egypt, you were like, we're not leaving. Our hotel has such good restaurants. People from Cairo were coming into our hotel to get food. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah. Okay. So it was it was a pretty easy call. Like we we ate out a couple of times. Like we went to Zemelik Island. We went to a, you know, sort of a street food type place that had been recommended to us by Kristen, who was an amazing concierge at the hotel. Am I saying that right? Concierge? Concierge. Yeah. Okay. So uh, she recommended this place called Zuba on Zemelik Island. It was awesome. And I think, you know, it cost us like 16 bucks or something like that. We ate like pigs. So that kind of more or less sums up Cairo. And the next morning we got up, we had to be in Luxor. So it was like a 4 a.m. We had to be up at 4 a.m. or something like that. Bill and I That's did not insane. we did not sleep much in in very long clips on this trip. Tell me what the draw okay. is for Luxor. So uh, mm -hmm. as I mentioned before, you're going to find way more temples and tombs in Luxor than you're going to find in Cairo. Uh, I think after the ancient times, the kings and the pharaohs basically set up their capital of Egypt near Luxor. Okay. So Luxor is seven hours by car south of Cairo. So you have to take a flight there, really, if you want to make the most of your time. You can totally take a car there. There are fishing villages along the Nile that you can stop in. Miriam and Rodney uh, laid out a few of those for us. We just wanted to get to Luxor. Okay, so you so flew. We flew. Got off a plane, got breakfast, and then immediately jumped right into a tour in Luxor. We met our tour guide, Miriam, who would, by the end of the day, be so sick of us asking about aliens. <laughs> Like everything we talked about. Uh, Did you break her? Did you finally break her? Did she admit that they were aliens that built the pyramids? She, after two days, we were with her actually two days. That poor woman. After after the second day, she sent us a picture of a stone that she had found. And it looks like an alien's head. And she said, here, here's my alien. And that was the most she was willing to give us oh. the entire time. So what was her theory on how they brought the stone from seven hours away to build the pyramids because you said that the stone was like from seven hours away right a well drive. so now the stone quarry in aswan i believe is closer to cairo uh luxor well we're talking about the pyramids though too right are there pyramids in luxor or is it just tombs the temples are uh, the the pyramids in cairo Yes, there are only pyramids in Cairo, but the temples in Luxor are really where you see the craftsmanship. Oh, okay, so what was her, I need to know, Miriam's explanation, if it wasn't aliens, who built the tombs? Ancient Egyptians were so advanced in their mathematics and craftsmanship. Oh yeah, that's that's a load. <laughs> and I don't believe in aliens. We thought so too. I mean, there were certain, okay, so we went, the first place we went is a temple of Karnak. 
at the Temple of Karnak, the site, uh, parts of the site reach back like 4,000 years. Wow. So not okay. quite as old as the pyramids, but old. Mm -hmm. um, 30 different pharaohs have temples there. So wow, there's a lot of temples. There are a lot of Ramses. I think there are 12 or 14 of them in the succession. And then you had the Greek pharaohs, which are the Ptolemies and all that. And I can't, you know, you, can, you guys can look that up yourselves. But um, Cleopatra, mm -hmm. incidentally, yeah, this is a fun fact. There were seven Cleopatras. The one you know about with Julius Caesar, yeah. had a kid with Julius Caesar, and then three kids with Mark Anthony. Yeah. Antony? Ant Antony? I think, I think Anthony... Anthony isn't Anthony the singer. Mark Antony. Antony is the um. He's the 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 explorer. Yeah, but Mark Anthony, which is what you said, is the singer. Yeah. It's not him. <laughs> no. He came way later. <laughs> but <laughs> that she, would be a hell of a run, Cleopatra and J Lo. Uh huh. What a man. Uh, <laughs> he's busy. He is busy. Uh, but so she's Egyptian. Uh, she was Greek. She was Wait. Greek. Yeah, Cleopatra was Greek. What? How did she end up in Egypt? Uh, because the Greeks took control of Egypt some hundreds of years sooner. Oh, oh this so whole she time was I thought she line. was Egyptian. No, she was not Egyptian. Okay, how come they have not debunked that? She was only that? Egyptian by you know by being born in Egypt. So but why have she was an anchor baby? They should have. Why, why have all these years everyone thought Cleopatra was Egyptian? Uh, because she was actually the pharaoh of Egypt. So, but she wasn't even Egyptian. She was Greek. By descent. Got yeah. it. Okay. All right. They were still rulers. Yeah, yeah. Of um, course. Okay. Mm -hmm. so, I get it. Uh, but they were part of the Greek line, the okay. Greek hereditary, whatever. Um, they were part of the Greek line. Okay. So, and she was the seventh one. So there were seven, there were six Cleopatras in front of her. Wow, you didn't a popular know that. name. You didn't know that, did you? I did you? not know that. I know. And that's not like, you can probably Never find that on that. Google, but nobody's Never ever going to look for that because they didn't know. So anyway, um, she had, uh, and, and then ultimately the Romans took Wait, over. Wait, did you see her tomb, Cleopatra's tomb? Uh, there were, there, we saw two of the Cleopatras. But not the Cleopatra that was. I don't think so. Oh, no. Okay. Um, well, you don't Maybe think we so? did. There were 30 tombs. Okay, there were 30 sorry. temples. My God, I can't remember them all. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we were just walking around at one point. We we're like, damn, it's hot. And these, col <laughs> these columns are all starting to look the same. <laughs> I uh, get that. They were massive, though. The, co the columns were like the- You can't do that in a day. There's no way. And like, so we Did would, you do it in a day or did you do it in two days? Uh, Karnak, we did in one day. And that's what? And then What's we actually Karnak? went on to Luxor Temple after What's that. What's Karnak? So Karnak is a- series of temples oh this is too much 30 temples and then luxor is different temples and then luxor temple is joined there's a whole there's a whole street of sphinxes okay so hold on is that like, how you say it sphinxes that take you down sphinx. it's to just a, sphinx they're sphinx eye that take you it. all the way down to luxor temple which is closer to like the town center so if they all start to look the same they at, did after a at while. At some point, you have to be like, okay, I'm done with this. Pretty much. Okay. Yeah, we were. Okay. So after, uh, at Karnak, we were like, okay, let's take a break. And then uh, we went on actually, so this is where the trip really started going off the rails for us. We went to Luxor Temple afterward. Mm -hmm. And at Luxor Temple, that was the temple where the ancient Romans had actually taken control of Egypt at that point. Okay. So you would see Egyptian columns and you would see hieroglyphics and then you would see 
a wall that had been torn down by Romans and reassembled to make more room for the inner sanction of their government, the, for the for the quarters of their governor or whoever was in charge. Mm -hmm. So they tore down a wall of hieroglyphics, and when they put it back up, they just jumbled it. They didn't. Oh my gosh! They didn't put it back together properly the way it was. Right. So you would see hieroglyphics upside down and all this weird oh, that's shit. That's awful. Yeah, but and they so, didn't care. They were they, they were taken care. over. They were taken over. And they they're on the one side they had actually like limestoned over it and started painting like Sistine Chapel type Italian paintings on this temple. Okay. And they and when you like when you and I go to a museum or a house, like I don't think, oh, that's an Egyptian looking column or a Roman looking column. I can tell you point blank, uh two Roman columns that were installed in this Egyptian temple stick out like a sore thumb. <laughs> <laughs> it was the craziest stuff I'd ever seen. I was like, they just wow. To make oh, their they mark. were just rubbing it yeah, in. Yeah. Totally rubbing it in. And that's really a theme. But the biggest takeaway of Luxor Temple was yes, it was just as amazing as Karnak and all that. But we arrived there and it was 103 degrees that day, uh, Fahrenheit. And we arrived at about five minutes to noon. It was a Friday. And there's a mosque on the property with a, the largest loudspeaker you've ever heard in your oh. life. So five minutes into our tour at Luxor, afternoon prayers began. And because it was a Friday, they were longer than normal. They were an hour long. So well, it's really loud. It was hot. It was sweaty. We had already been out and we had flown from Cairo that morning. That was a wrap for us. Like something was wrong. I got all the way to the one end of the temple and started making my way back. And Bill was up there with Miriam and he turned around at one point and he said, are you okay? And I wasn't, I was totally disoriented. I had these voices like bouncing in and off the walls the entire time. It was a trillion degrees. I was dying. I was like, give me water, get me oh, out no. of here. Like give me to the hotel or whatever. That's scary. I didn't, I didn't get sick or anything. It wasn't, I guess. You I could have fainted. I could have fainted. I don't know, fainted, passed out. Yeah, passed out. Do men faint? It's the same. <laughs> okay. It's the same physical yeah. ailment, passing out or fainting. But if passing out sounds more masculine, then you passed out. I didn't pass out. You could have. I, I could have, yeah. yeah. He asked you if you were okay because you look peaked. I know. Peaked? Yeah. <laughs> what is this, like pilgrim times? Peaked? <laughs> Did you not look peaked? <laughs> we're throwing around all kinds of allegories right now. Anyway, I guess I did look peaked uh -huh. because when we got in the cab, we went back to the hotel. I was like, oh my gosh. So we jumped in the pool and hung out at the pool there at the Hilton. And then like a couple hours later, turns out I wasn't the one who was really in a bad way. Bill was in a bad way. Oh no, what happened? Sweats. We, uh, we honestly feel like he got heat stroke that day. Like oh, we thought about it. Okay. Intestinal issues, all that stuff. And so after, right after dinner, he's like, I got to go lay down. And the next morning I woke up at 4 a.m. because we had another tour planned. That's crazy. I, I had a hot air balloon tour over Luxor, which was incredible. And the most incredible part about it was I also got to check off the Nile River cruise because they took us across the Nile by boat to catch the balloons. Oh, it was awesome. That is awesome. It was. Was there belly dancers? There were not belly dancers. It was not a rum runner at that hour. No. Okay. Um, and Luxor is a way more timid place okay. than, than Cairo. So it's more like farm country. Okay. Uh, 
but Bill could not make the tour that morning. I checked in on him around 1 a.m., 2 a.m., something like that. And he He was was still up watching TV. And he was like, I'm not good. Like, I'm not feeling well. I'm not doing the balloon tour. I'll see you on the next one. You know, we had two tours planned. So anyway. um, So you did. you When you told me about the balloon tour, I was fascinated and frightened all at the same time. I could never do it. Legit. The one thing that I learned from you about the balloon tour that I was not aware of is how large the baskets are. Because whenever I've seen them in a photo, it's very hard. A photo doesn't give you depth perception. So I always thought the baskets come up to your hip and it's like four people in a basket. Okay. How- And people fall out. Yeah. Very easily. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So tell me, how was this basket? How many people fit in? How big was it? I want to know it all. Uh, there were about eight sections to each basket and each one fit four people. So there were 32 people plus the balloon driver. I don't know what their proper, the operator, uh, the death mobile in this basket and the basket the came up to, the basket came up to operator. my chest. So, okay, so you're six three, and the basket came up to your chest. So that means it's like five seven, at least. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, so you if you're cl- if you're, you have to climb up two steps. Okay, so hold on. Swing your leg over and climb down. Let's in. put this in perspective. If yeah. you're five five, you're not going to see over that basket. You have to get on your tippy toes, maybe. Yeah. To get to get. I don't think anybody knows that. I certainly didn't. I thought the baskets came up to your hip. No. Um, no. So they, uh, if you're a little person. Like just like you might five, need two. a friend to lift you up a little. That's all, but not do you too think far. They have step stools. They do not give step stools. I think that would be a <laughs> tremendous mistake. Yeah. Well, if I'm five four, I can't go on this hot air balloon. You can totally go. You're, You're just not going to see anything. Well, the baskets are, over my are, head. There are little holes cut where like there are wooden steps, so you can like in the side of the basket, so you can feasibly put your. Wait a second. So they foot. have little holes cut in the side of the basket. So like if I'm little- Like there are two steps that go up and you oh, swing your so you leg over- you have to look in the little hole. You have to look in the foothole. I mean, if you're tiny- You have to look in yeah, the foothole. Yeah, yeah. So I saw- If you're a little how? person, yeah. Okay. If you're a little person, they it may not have, be the tour for you. That's They should have a height requirement. They should literally say, if you are smaller than 5'7", this is not the, the, the activity for you. I think they're just going to take your money. That's terrible. You know how many petite people got- like really not the They're same. Like, I can't see you, Bill. <laughs> they had to look through the footholes. Oh, I see it now. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, that's ridiculous. Okay, yeah, there should know. be there should be an asterisk. That's a good question. I don't recall seeing any little people or shorty shorts. Yeah, they have to like they must have a disclaimer somewhere. Like if you're under five seven. I don't think they do. No, it's come that's on. really it's like terrible. North Africa disclaimers. Are you kidding me? All right, whatever. So you go on this hot air balloon. How was it? There are it? no like tour attorneys <laughs> operating. <laughs> like like they don't run this stuff by attorneys. All, right, all I know is that if it were me in a hot air balloon, oh, first of all, you couldn't get me in one. But let's say yeah. it was a life or death situation. I would have passed out. You would have. Or I would have thrown myself over. It would have been difficult. You would have had to climb up to do it. <laughs> I think you, it would have been willful. Like you would have literally, it would have been premeditated suicide. You would you would have to climb up the two stairs to jump over the thing. Yeah. You know how people say like, I poo-pooed my pants. I you would have poo-pooed my pants. You definitely I would have. There's no way. Just, I can't. Even when you talked about it, I was like, I can't just stop talking about it. It's too frightening. Yeah. So I thought of you while I was up there and I was like, oh, Denise would definitely throw herself over right now. <laughs> but while I was up there, number one, the side of my face was so red because every time they torched 
the helium into the balloon. Uh-huh. I could feel it on the side of my face. <laughs> and I got off and I looked like Two-Face, like I had red on one side of my face. <laughs> but in addition to that, other I wasn't going to throw myself off, but for 45 minutes, I was white knuckling my phone, trying oh, to get oh, photos. Yes. And yes. video because we were. I would have thrown my phone over. The, the fear of that throwing my phone over, like, oh, I can't oh throw my, my phone. I would have thrown my phone over. Everything would I have gone for sure. wrong. I'm just clumsy that way. Like you are. I, you are. I do it with tools all the time, where I'm like, don't drop this socket, don't drop this socket, and then boom, <laughs> I have to fish through the engine of a car to find the socket uh-huh. that I just dropped. That I told you myself you trip. Not you to do drop. a lot of clumsy I, things. I'm, you know, um, finesse is not my. Nope. I'm more bull in a china shop kind of person. And I thought for sure I was going to like, I'm like, this phone's going to be in that field down there of guavas. Like I, it was. You know, it's happened many times. Of course. Many times. Okay. So the hot air balloon, I asked you this question. I'll ask you again now. So the listeners, because I thought maybe it just goes up. Like I see hot air balloons that just go up and they have an anchor and like, you're just nope. in the hot air balloon. You're like, Hey, look, I'm up here. Yeah. This actually traveled. Oh yeah. Yeah. We Did started it go fast? in, we started in one. Uh, it was floaty. Was there wind? Was there (laughs) wind on your face? Not no, not a ton. Okay. Uh, it was it was still out. I think mostly that morning. Oh, because it was was a sunset. It was a sunset. Sunrise. Oh, sorry. Sunrise. It was a sunrise. Yeah. Huh. How are the people in the hot air balloon? Were any? Did anyone start screaming? No, (laughs) no. Everybody was just sort of fascinated. I mean, you could see the Valley of the Kings beneath us. And uh, I didn't know what I was looking at because I hadn't been there yet. Mm-hmm. I had been to Karnak and I had been to Luxor temples, but the Valley of the Kings is actually where the tombs are. Like Ramses one through nine or 10, King Tut's tomb is there. And so, and hat soot and all these, you know. Right. Um, so uh, I didn't know exactly what I was looking at. I knew I was going to see it later in the day because we had yet another tour planned. But uh, it was so fascinating. I mean, we were so far. I mean, we must have been, I don't know, 200 feet above these things. Uh, wow. It was incredible. It so was when- really incredible. And you could see the Nile. You, uh, we, we, right as the sun was starting to lift, that's when we took off. So you could see the sun come up over the Nile River. It was insane. It was probably one of the most magnificent things I've ever seen. Yeah. Wow. It was just so much to take in. You're like, oh my gosh, like no wonder the ancients wanted to live around here. It's gorgeous. It's crazy. So. So when it landed, did it land with a thud? No. uh, When it, (laughs) there are guys to help you. So uh, at one point we drifted over. So I must've been like 12 or 16 balloons that took off. Right. Uh And I'm like, Oh, we're going to hit them for sure. And everybody, everybody just drifted their own way. I would have been petrified. It was crazy. I was like, they're going to hit them and we're going to die. That's the whole time. I would not have enjoyed the sunrise. I wouldn't have enjoyed the, the the valley below. I would just think we're going to die the entire time. It wouldn't, ah, I couldn't have done it anyway. Okay. So tell me, they all lift up at the same time. You all go in a certain direction. You're afraid you're going to hit somebody, but you don't do it. Actually, when you get up to a certain place, they all start to start to drift apart. Okay. So I don't know how they steer these things. I can't pretend to know. I wasn't paying attention. I was just trying to hold on to my phone. It did not land with the thud. We came across this field and sure enough, 
20 people, villagers or countryside people or whatever, came out of the woodwork and there were ropes hanging down and they would just grab the ropes and sort of guide us down. And then uh, as you're about to land, he's like, okay, they tell you these positions you're supposed to stand in upon landing or whatever. It's basically just crouch your, and bend your knees a little. And it just went, it slid into the, into oh. the, into the soil. And huh. so it was soft. It wasn't desert. It was, we landed in a farm field. Nice. So, okay. Yeah. So it was cool. And then everybody climbed out. And uh, by then our tour guide had picked up Bill and uh, I was off to what would be my last tour in Egypt. So we went to Valley of the Kings. Now you had seen that from above. I had seen it from above. Now you're going to see it on ground level. The Valley of the Kings was a perfect way to end the tour, even though we didn't end it there. Uh, <laughs> we we ended uh, we ended at the uh, tomb of Hatshep Soot, which was actually a female pharaoh. Long story short, she built her temple in like 15 years. Miriam was really proud of the fact that a lady, you know, girl power and all that. Uh, she smoked everybody when it came to like getting, and her temple is amazing. Like it stands Miriam, by itself. Miriam, your tour guide. Miriam, mm -hmm. our tour guide. She was like, you know, she was singing the praises of Hatshepsut and trying to ignore our questions about aliens um, <laughs> the entire time. We went to also the Valley of the Kings. That's really where all the tombs are. So we went in the day we went, uh, there were only three tombs open. Plus you could pay for uh, a little extra to go see King Tut's tomb, mm -hmm. which obviously we did. Everybody's going to do that. I heard he's short. Uh, he's a little guy. Yeah. Okay. I mean, he was a kid when he first took power and he didn't, I don't know. I think he only lived but 10 years oh, okay. or something after taking power or something. So I'm not even sure he was 20 years old when okay. he kicked it. So, um, his mummy was there. I saw his mummy. Oh, okay. Yeah, exposed and everything. Wow, like, yeah, really? It's pretty crazy. Okay, that is uh, crazy. So I saw his coffins way back in Cairo. Mm -hmm. His sarcophagus and his tomb were here in Luxor, and his mummy was there. So um, these four tombs, though, are the real deal. Like out of everything we saw, the temples, the huge columns, whatever they did to like create these massive pieces of stone structure out of granite and marble and limestone and, and sandstone and all this, uh, super impressive, all of it, but the real deal was the tombs. Um, you could see sort of a progression in terms of artwork and style of artwork in the hieroglyphics there. It was incredible. And of course there were several, so at the tomb, uh, the tour guides are not allowed to come in with you. Why? I guess there's some sort of rule about humidity or how many people breathing inside the temples are allowed. So they're not allowed to, I think probably what has historically happened was- But he's in glass. The mummy's in glass. He is, the mummy's in glass, but the hieroglyphics are still exposed. Oh, oh okay, okay, okay. So uh, I think what had happened was you get these large tour groups in there and they would be clogging it up and nobody could get in or out. It's a tight space. Yeah, you can get moisture <laughs> and it, it probably eats away at the- yeah. The stone. And it's a graveyard for crying out loud. So it's not it's like true. these things are massive, you know, like there are hallways. Uh, I'm going to post a bunch of stuff on, uh, you know, my social media, some of the hieroglyphics that I took the, the so ornate, I mean, really just super impressive. Everything that you think, you know, about the tombs or temples in Egypt, the Valley of the Kings is where you're going to see them. So for as impressive yeah, as the pyramids were from the outside, 
these tombs in the Valley of the Kings are from the inside. So you have enough video. We should probably do a couple of shorts on YouTube. We probably should. Yeah. So yeah. if you're listening to this, check out some shorts on YouTube. We'll throw yeah. them up there. And then also, if you're watching this on YouTube, go over to the, the short section and uh, check out some videos because we'll definitely, by this time that you're watching this, they'll be up. So how um, many days were you in Egypt? I think six total, six and a half. Was it enough? I mean, yes. like, no, honestly, like, you know, I'm not talking about two dudes with a backpack. And yeah. I would say we were in Cairo a total of four. I think three could have done us easily. Luxor, and you could take your time and do Luxor in four days and really enjoy your time there. So okay, um, we finished the tour and we were about to head off to Jordan, which is going to be its own episode. Um, but because Bill and I had not been sleeping for about six days at this point, on the way, Miriam and our driver were taking us straight to the airport after our tour. I fell asleep in the cab ride. I I could have woken up in Siberia. That's how hard you were sleeping. I was sleeping so hard, sitting up, chin against my chest. Oh, that's I, it was just, oh. it was so, and the heat and everything, it, like it finally caught up to us. And um, Miriam's phrase was, you're eating rice with the angels. I guess that's the Egyptian way of saying you were totally asleep. So, oh, I love that. I know, that cute? I'm going to start using that. Yeah. So when you're asleep, I'm going to say you're eating rice with the angels. Exactly. I love that. Yeah, it was really sweet and really cute. So uh, Miriam, Manar, our two tour guides in Egypt, just did us so right. We really went for it. I think uh, to answer your question, we could have probably built in an extra day or two so that you and I could have paced it out a little bit. But you would have had that extra day in Luxor. I would definitely spend extra time in Luxor or, you know, some other, like I said, there are fishing villages all up and down the, um, all up and down the Nile. You'd be better served getting at, getting into Cairo, seeing what you need to see and getting out. Okay. You're going to have a way more enjoyable trip, way less stress. Okay. So would you recommend it? I would definitely recommend Egypt. I mean, the people there are just amazing. The sweetest people, everybody, everywhere that we encountered, not a single terse word, everybody friendly, everybody trying to speak English, everybody loving when you paid them in US dollars. So yeah, all said, I would definitely highly recommend going to Egypt. I hope at least one of our daughters wants to go because I could do it more efficiently this time than I did last time. And- You mean plan ahead? Yeah, a little bit. More and than four days. You know what, no complaints. Bill was an incredible travel partner. Oh. Okay, I have to ask you because yeah. you weren't with me. I know. Oh my gosh! So yeah. sometimes it was different for sure. We know that you know you. Anyone listening knows also that a trip can make or break a relationship or a friendship. Mm -hmm. What did it do? How was how was he as a travel companion? God, that's like the biggest question of the hour. How was Bill as a travel companion? And would you travel with him again? Absolutely. Okay. No question. Tell me why. Uh, I liked the spontaneity. Most of the time when we get to Petra, we'll talk about some of that and how that like blew up in our faces. But the biggest thing was we were both so sort of go with the flow that if one person said, let's do this or I'm not doing that or whatever, then you had a choice. Your choice was like the balloon tour. Well, you're sick, but I'm still going to go. So 
it was yeah it was it, it worked out really really well the whole time oh you saw you found yourself a little travel partner i did if this thing ever falls apart <laughs> i know i i give town all-stars bill style uh -huh, oh my gosh yeah uh-huh can you imagine I, i'm gonna be i'm gonna be taken over by a different host yeah, yeah. you are uh -huh. um but no we have uh sort of made a loose commitment to you know we checked off as you'll hear in the jordan episode coming up we checked off two of the world wonders and we are kind of sort of talking about hitting the rest of them. I think you should. Yeah. I mean, that's a beautiful adventure. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, he and I were totally like, I just, you know, I don't know. We're both like grown men. And it's like, I don't want to do that. Okay. See you tomorrow. You know, whatever. I'll see you in a couple hours. You All know? right. So the one day I fell asleep, I was like, oh my God. Like I took two melatonin. I'm so sorry. And he's like, dude, it's your vacation too. You're obviously tired. Like, oh, it was no big deal. That's the best response when you're with a, a travel partner, when they say it's your vacation yeah. too. That is the best response. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, yeah. I've got to like, I gotta like, I think I'm, I'm worried. Oh my God. I'm going to get booted from this show. You're not going to get booted from the show. You're way more cuddly than Bill is. Huh. Okay. Good to know. All right. So you take them out. Empty nest, full tank. Check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys.